0: Business in the 217 here with Trent R. Nelson. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What a wonderful morning it is to once again discuss really what's going on across our community from a business, monetary, economic standpoint. We have our wonderful friend. His name is Ryan McCrady, He is the president and CEO of the Springfield Sangman Growth Alliance. How are you this morning, sir? I'm
1: doing great. Thanks for having me on, Trent.
0: Well, the pleasure is always all ours. You know that I look forward to these discussions. No one else talks to me about economic policy like you do, <laughs> sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's a lot of people that are glad they get a break from me for a while, I'm sure, that we come in here. So,
0: If we're the excuse to get you out of the office, then we'll take it, sir. Sir, as you know, you obviously keep your eyes and ears peeled all across the community each week as best you can. You're a busy man, so we forgive any lapses. We are also not perfect. Of course, the water rate hikes, that's a, a problem we touched upon A circumstance, I should say, that we touched upon. A problem for many, (laughs) a circumstance for all, uh, that we touched upon in our last discussion. uh, But in the time since, uh, we have been given a bit more information as per exactly why these water rate hikes are being proposed, why they're deemed excruciatingly necessary at this point. And a great deal of it is to secure our safe drinking water through right. lead water lines. What can you tell us about about sort of the lay of the land as it regards this circumstance as as we have it right now?
1: Sure. Well, my understanding is that the rates have not been changed since 2011. So I think everybody would agree that that uh, that's not the the best way to handle uh, rates for utilities. You'd like to see some more regular increasings, but that that is what it is. That's that's a we can't turn back the clock. What happened and what typically happens when you don't have structured rate increases? for utility and infrastructure is you start to get deferred maintenance. And deferred maintenance rears its ugly head in ways that are basically emergency repairs that are very costly without much time notice. They never happen at eight a M on a Tuesday. They always happen at two PM on a Sunday or or you know whenever that whenever it's going to fail. So that that's a problem. From the business community perspective, having reliable and affordable water, having reliable and affordable utilities of any kind are very important. What also helps the business community a lot is they have some some predictability to what the rates might be. So I think a lot of us could agree that over the last 12 years, we've probably uh, subsidized or paid less for water than what we should have. But also, you know, it's it's difficult for businesses to make an adjustment of a large increase in one year. So, what uh, we hope that the city of Springfield can do is come up with more of a long-term rate model for, for the for the adjustments. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the proposed increases. I don't have any I don't have any intel on that. But um, we will continue to chat with the city staff. I I'm sensitive to the situation they're dealing with. They have a water fund that's, uh, my understanding needs the revenue. They have deferred maintenance. They need to replace. Lead water lines, I understand all that. But like most public infrastructure systems, the bulk of the system is funded through commercial industrial use. They're your really, really big users that are using a lot. Um, and so it's, it's uh, we'll just keep having those conversations and keep an eye on it and see where it goes. Of course, uh, there are
0: – you can understand and see – Plainly and clearly, each side of this discussion, because on the one hand, we need to maintain our infrastructure. And, of course, once this all is settled, as you alluded to in uh, not-so-uncertain terms, a rate model year after year has to be created and and thus maintained. Because, of course, the public likely could have dealt with modest 2% rate increases over the last 16 years 32 years, uh, we might have been somewhere closer than we are right now. So uh, yeah. it's, it's tragic. But as you noted, we can't turn back time. If I could turn back time, <laughs> well, I would for this one purpose. That's uh, right. But- You know, this really brings us to the next natural uh, discussion, logistics and distribution. Why Mm -hmm. is that connected to our last discussion? Well, because when we have proper logistics set up uh, and we know our circumstance, we know the procedures, we have a plan of action, as it were, a consistent plan of action, we don't perhaps get saddled with mass rate increases because we've been taking care of our infrastructure. We've been uh, mindful. Now, of course, sir, we do not have any major logistics and distribution
1: groups with us. Is that correct? No, yeah, we have some, but okay. not, I wouldn't say we have a large-scale okay. logistics distribution center at, at this point.
0: Well, and, sir, to that point, we've heard over the last four years, right, the COVID era brought in uh, the term into the vernacular, supply chain. <laughs> Okay. Now everybody knows what a supply chain is. Now, how does Springfield's location in Illinois, as well as in the country, how does this uh, work to our advantage for any perspectives uh, who might be looking to set up shop here and be part of the supply chain?
1: Right. So one of the big attractive advantages uh, Springfield has is a potential destination for logistics and distribution centers. A couple undeniable facts about Springfield and Central Illinois is that you can reach more people in a one day truck drive, one day legal truck drive from Springfield than you can from Chicago. Now most people will be surprised to hear that. But if you think about if you draw a radius around Chicago of how far you can get in a one day truck drive and it's not not counting in traffic delays, things like that. Let's just do a legit but it's a 10 hour day and how far you can get out of Springfield, What you realize is when you come down to Springfield, you pick up a lot more large population areas south of Springfield and and to the southwest. That's a big advantage for our community. Second, we're located at the intersections of Interstate 55 and Interstate 72. That allows you to go east and west and north and south on good interstates and connect with other major interstates also, picking up Interstate 57 and Champaign and and those things. So, Boone, second thing is obviously we're at that intersection Third is our community has five class one railroads. So a class one are the big railroads, the long hauls, the Norfolk Southerns, the CNs, the BNSF, the UP, you know, the big ones that go all across the country. It's really unusual to have five class one railroads in our community. And we're in the middle of this rail relocation, which is going to improve the efficiency, most of all, the safety of rail traffic through our community. So there's another factual checkmark in our column that works for us. So we are beginning to get interest from warehousing and logistic opportunities here, and we're actively marketing that out to the community. When it comes from a workforce perspective. We have a great driver training program at Lincoln Land Community College. They just got a $5 million grant from the US EDA to expand that program to develop more drivers. And so I think what I think people should expect to see In the coming year, some warehousing and logistics developments happening here in Springfield.
0: And that is really interesting stuff to hear. Uh, I'm sure many of our listeners, like this host himself, did not know a whole bevy of those facts. So we appreciate the education. Sure. Now, one of the things... Sir, before we get to commercial break, and then uh, we'd love to come back and talk to you more about the January job numbers if you'll have us. Absolutely. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, One thing I would like to say, however, is that one of the things that I have found most attract since I moved here 13 months ago, 14 months ago, is how... The city does a really good job of, for the most part, keeping many of the larger chains on the outskirts of the city itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, not something you get in very many places. Uh, cities allow big places to come into the middle of the area, and then they like dominate the area in so many ways. But this community has such a beautiful and vibrant small business development culture. Right. And it's a
1: very important part of having a
0: high-quality community. Exactly. But it's been preserved through proper policy ideas. Sure. Uh, and it, that doesn't mean that we can't bring in larger groups, but everyone has their place, right? Right. I mean, it's, it's really impressive. Sir, we're going to get right back in a hot second. If you'll hang out with us here on Business in the 217 here with your host, Trent R. Nelson, we will catch you in a hot second. And we are returned here on Business in the 217 here with Trent R. Nelson. We have had a wonderful time thus far speaking with our great friend. He's the president and CEO of the Springfield Sangman Growth Alliance. His name is Ryan McCrady. And we have laughs, we have information, we have discussion. <laughs> what don't we have? That's right. Uh, it's It's something huh. special. And he's a busy gentleman. And we really appreciate his time always coming down here to hang out with us at least twice a month. But. Before we go, we have to talk about the job reports, the January right. job numbers. Uh, we were talking about it off air. We were supposed to have a recession at least four years ago, <laughs> uh, and then three years ago, and then two years ago, and then this year we were definitely getting one. And yet, sir, the January job numbers look real good, don't they?
1: Boy, they look great for our community. And our community actually is an outlier in a positive way when it comes to these job numbers. So like you said, there's been a lot of talk about a recession coming in the last several years. I think you liked my line that uh, economists have predicted 10 of the last three recessions.
0: Absolutely. So, that yeah, one had yeah. me giggling. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. But uh, <laughs> uh, when, you, when you look at the economy, I always encourage people to look at it like, a da- like the dashboard of your car. Every indicator is important, but what's most important is how they all go together. For example, you can have a full tank of gas, but no coolant. That's not going to be great. And you have to have all those things kind of going in the right direction. So when it comes to the economy, one of the things we really watch, surprisingly, is not unemployment rate, but the number of jobs in the community. That's the most important thing because we want to see more people working and living here. When we look at our jobs report that came in for January, the Springfield area has about 1,900 more people Actually employed than we did a year ago. So think about that. Back to 2023, back when we were—I think we all felt like we've really bounced back from from the pandemic. And uh, so maybe job things have leveled off. We heard some of this national concern about recessions. We heard all these things. What I can tell you is, in Springfield, people are getting up and going to work still. And I think we had one of the highest percentage increases in working people across the entire state. We did. Metro area. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw that data as well. It was very impressive. It is. And and the Midwestern work ethics are a real thing, and it's alive and well in here. The other item we watched is wages. So if you have more people going to work, but they're getting paid less, that's not necessarily a great thing for the That economy. doesn't matter very much right. relative right. to right. the whole circum- the dashboard, as you said. That's right. And so we know the other number that's measured by the Bureau of Labor Statistics is the average hourly wage at a private employer. Now it's up about 23% in our community since before the pandemic. Right now, the average hourly wage at a private employer is about $30.45 an hour in Springfield. And it's virtually level off from last year. And that's a good thing because we saw some dramatic increases. So there has to be that balance between between... between the supply and the cost of labor for the business community. So we're kind of seeing those two things kind of come together. So we're glad it went up, but we're also glad it's kind of leveling off right now.
0: Well, much like climbing a mountain, right, Mm -hmm. when we climb mountains, not that I'm a big mountain climber, but I've read a couple books on the topic, (laughs) Um, base camps are a real thing. Right? right we go up a they certain are. amount yep. and then we chill out for a bit and then we yep. go up a bit more and we want to be doing that consistently and to uh, kind of mix the, the 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 two stories we don't want to hang out a base camp for too long right. right that's right but we we want to keep climbing that mountain steadily and yep. um no, it's like you said, sir, it is fantastic to see. Springfield is a town where everyone is trying to, as I say, boogie. Everyone's trying yep. to get stuff done. That's right. And when you hear the other newspapers around the state, the other publications, the other radio stations, when you hear everyone else talking about Springfield's high numbers, right, That right. that is a testament to our collective and individual community members. and We're grateful well, for them.
1: It is. And businesses that are here now and businesses that are thinking about coming here measure that. They look at that number. They want to know that number. They ask me that number when I go to conferences. Is your workforce bouncing back from the pandemic? Yeah, mine's up by almost 2%. They're astounded when they hear that. And they know these are not my numbers. These are the federal Brewer Labor Statistics number. Another indicator we watch closely that's not talked about is the average hours per week that are worked at private employers in your economy another hour it's tracked because what you'll see is when you're headed into a recession you'll see that number start to dwindle down a little bit because businesses tend to maybe cut back on hours a little bit trying to avoid layoffs that's a pre-recession indicator that's been staying steady as you said at base camp uh that's been staying steady also uh, I've watched that nationally too and so I'm not seeing that dip down right now so I'm hoping the monetary policy that they did to kind of ease on the brakes raise the interest rates inflation is, is leveling up hopefully we're going to be we've we've settled down take the the bouncing ball has settled down so to speak.
0: Well, that is wonderful to hear. Of course, we, as you noted, sir, so often uh, companies will try to be proactive to sort of cut off a recession. And yet, uh, unfortunately, the truth of the matter is uh, the micro function of laying a person off affects them economically. And of course, we all know where that ends up. Uh, sir... Will you come back and hang out with us again in a couple weeks, talk more about all of this wonderful information, the innovations, uh, positive and negative going on across the community? I'm happy to. Thanks for having me on. Oh, The pleasure is always all ours. Ryan McCrady, the president and CEO of the Springfield segment Growth Alliance. Uh, We just enjoyed a fascinating chat with him as always here on Business in the 217 here with Trent R. Nelson. Go out and enjoy all of the beauty that Springfield has and enjoy everything that we have built together.